Hi everyone and welcome back to Love Yourself Without Likes. My name is Molly Segi and today I'm here with Dr. Elisa Septimus and we're going to be talking about social media as an addiction. Elisa over here always gives amazing lectures about everything, psychology, whatever her, she'll explain what she does, but this is something that's really interesting so I'm really excited to kind of talk to you about this. So do you want to first like talk about what you do? Great. First of all, Molly, I'm very excited to do this with you. This is so awesome. I think this is my first podcast interview. Ooh. Very exciting. Yeah. So I'm a clinical psychologist and I work with children, teens, and adults, um, mostly focusing on helping people with anxiety and depression, but also just helping people with their well-being. Mm -hmm. And that covers many, many topics. Mm -hmm. So I think what we talk about today is part of helping people with their well-being. Mm -hmm. So what, do you want to describe the psychology or the neuroscience behind an addiction? Sure. Okay. An addiction is the experience where you feel so forced and compelled to do some kind of behavior because it will feel so great and you're and it, it's like a craving like imagine if you are um you have a piece of cake and you're trying to be on a diet and you're just compelled to eat that cake because you want to feel so good from eating that cake mm -hmm. so what's happening in the brain so in in the brain there's a neurochemical dopamine mm -hmm. and dopamine is the feel great hormone um in uh, neurochemical and basically the more dopamine that that enters the brain the high the, the greater the high the, the greater the um this like wow factor sensation we have mm -hmm. so what happens is with with addiction is that you do something to get that high that you feel mm -hmm. But what happens in the brain is that when the brain starts to release a lot of dopamine, it starts to, it starts to say, hey, you know what? There's too, too much dopamine in the brain. We should curb that dopamine. So if you generally you know, feel really great from playing Fortnite, mm -hmm. over time that same Fortnite game is not going to give you that great sensation anymore because your body's starting to temper and say, let me not get so excited about that. So what ends up happening is you need to do more and more of an activity or heighten that activity in order to get that high that you usually get, that great dopamine feel. Mm -hmm. So that's why when we get addicted to things, it doesn't start like with an addiction right away. We start by feeling really great about something and wanting to do it more and more because we want to feel so great. Mm -hmm. And then our brain starts to shut that valve, not so great valve, so we need to keep and you know upping the ante to feel as great as we once did. Mm -hmm. So what is specifically like psychologically appealing about social media that kind of like keeps you sucked in? Right. So there are natural things that make us feel great. You know, you could go on a ro roller coaster, you could um, win the lottery, you, there are a lot of body sensations that feel great. Um, you know, like I said, that you, you know you can eat something and feel great. So we have these natural tendencies, and one of them is we feel good. You know, it makes us feel good to feel connected to people. Makes us feel good to be liked by people, respected, admired, valued. So all those things that we are like naturally inclined to feel good about. Mm -hmm. The problem, the problem lies is it becomes an addiction 
when we rely on certain things um, in social media to, to keep maintaining that feeling of feeling really great. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a specific, so how does that get translated into social media? So mm -hmm. um, you post something on it, you post something on, what is it, is it Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. so you post something on Instagram and it feels good when people respond. It mm -hmm. feels good when someone likes it, but what, you know, what, what keeps you going is to mean to, I want to feel good as often as possible. Like, so if I keep posting, I'll feel good. And then you, you get into this dynamic where you keep trying to feed the feel good mm -hmm. feeling inside you and you keep increasing mm -hmm. your relationship with social media. Yeah. I found, I found myself doing that now that I'm thinking of it, like when I would post something and then I would get that quick dopamine because someone would comment or whatever they would like it, whatever it was, and then, like, it would be gone a second later. I would feel good about it, but then I would be gone, like, okay, now, like, now I have to do something else because I want to maintain that, so that makes a lot of sense. Right, and the fact that a lot of times we do certain things, like, I, I use the roller coaster example, to feel great, so, but how often are you at an amusement park? So it's mm -hmm. okay, so even if you're compelled to feel great by something, it's okay. But when the thing that makes you feel great is in your pocket all day long, mm -hmm. you're just inclined to keep engaging in that behavior. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one challenge with social media. The social media of today is a social media that, that's constantly being engaged with. Mm -hmm. the, the other thing is that um, all social media companies, all app companies, their goal is to get as much of you as possible, as much mm -hmm. time, as much attention. So they're doing research as to like, what's gonna make people feel great as often as possible? So mm -hmm. they created the like, right? The like system where, mm -hmm. you know, you get immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. they, they, even something simple like the alert notification mm -hmm. is, you know, a color. Yeah. Um, wait, I don't, actually I don't know, but okay. Okay. it's red oh. because we're wired, our brains are wired to respond more strongly to red. That's why mm -hmm. emergency vehicle, like fire trucks are red, exit signs are red. It's so interesting. Yeah. So Facebook, for example, used to have, you know, Facebook's um, color palette is blue and white. Yeah. So their notification button used to be blue. Mm -hmm. um, but then they realized, wait a minute, people respond better to red, so they changed it to red. That's so interesting. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Wow, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. If you could, like, make it, I'm trying to, like, make a mental, if I, if you could make a mental scale of, I'm trying to, like, envision this, of, like, what is considered, like, a healthy amount versus, like, when it's a little too much, and then versus an addiction, like, what does each of that look like? Right. That's a really good question and a tough, tough to answer because I think it's personal and different for different people. I think mm -hmm. a hallmark of an addiction is when you feel that this behavior or this craving for this behavior is controlling you. Mm -hmm. That you are no longer feeling comfortable and at ease from disconnecting from doing something because the drive is so powerful and so strong. Mm -hmm. So I think... So I think once you meet, once you find yourself that you're doing a behavior and, and it's beyond your control, you're doing it more often than you want, mm -hmm. um, you're dependent on it to feel good more often than you want, 
then and you, you notice that the rate of the behavior is increasing, 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 mm -hmm. and you're distressed when you're not doing it, that's the addiction. Okay, that's on that side. Mm -hmm. um, on the other side, you know, there are behaviors that we could do frequently, but if we don't feel controlled by them or we can feel okay and feel happy without them, mm -hmm. then that's sort of like a healthy balance. Mm -hmm. I, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, when you can have a healthy relationship with some with something, like you need to stay away from your phone all the time, or you need to um, you, you need to remove an app from your phone, that you know, that might be necess a necessary thing you need to do, but I think it really reflects that it's so powerful over you that you can't even have a healthy relationship mm -hmm. with it. So I think a hallmark of healthy is you enjoy it but you're in control of when you want to stop. So if you intend to be on your phone for an hour, you're okay after an hour stopping. Mm -hmm. And whether it's an hour, five hours, 10 hours, I think, I think that's kind of a moving target all the time mm -hmm. because life has gotten so intrinsically intertwined with the phone that it's really hard to tell, you know, it's really hard to tell teens like stay off your phone. I mean, yeah. homework's on the phone, the math app is on the phone, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult because like you might be doing homework with a friend and you're like socializing and doing homework. So how much of that is like unhealthy social interactions versus mm -hmm. just part of modern life? Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, I can't be more definitive. About no, that. that makes a lot of sense. So like, is there ever, do you think there's ever too little? Hmm. Well, I think if you're disconnected so much from socializing on your phone where you're no longer socializing like what's normative mm -hmm. in your in your age group and your culture then yeah I mean it's normal it's it's just you're gonna be at this you're not gonna be as well integrated socially mm -hmm. so and I think what's what's healthy what, what's normal quote unquote what I mean when normal is I mean common behavior mm -hmm. is different in different age groups. Like, yeah. like I never get on Facebook. Uh, well, Facebook actually, you guys don't go on Facebook either. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not like snapping all my friends. Yeah. And if I was your age, I'd be like missing an action, right? But my age, it's like okay, yeah. I don't know anyone else that is either. Yeah. So, That's I nice. think I think this conversation will feel so different even in five years from now. Yeah. It's crazy to me. I was literally talking to my friends about this at dinner last night. Like, we were watching, we were, like, at dinner, we were looking over at the table next to us, and, like, the kids, there was literally, like, three kids, and they were on their phones like this. Like, literally, I thought the kid was being hypnotized. Like, his eyes were glued to the phone, and I was, I'm, like, I was, I said to them, like, I'm genuinely scared to see what it's going to be like when we have kids, and, like, it's so, like, for us, like, I think that it's, it's just technology is going to be, like, it's so good the the fact that technology is progressing and everything, but, like, it's going to have such a more, like, intense role in our life. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. Like, obviously, I can't think about that because it's too much in the future, like, out of my control, but it's really interesting to me to think, like, what's it going to look like? Like, I'm scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's also interesting. Like, I think whenever there's a new revolution, like a technological revolution is this one, <clears throat> I think the generation that's faced with that transition always feels like this new change mm -hmm. is not healthier. This new change is not as good as the way it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, there's a book called Everything That's Bad For You Might Be Good For You, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it, 
it goes through historically all these different changes, like when people started using the telephone, when people started using electricity, when people started driving cars as opposed to horses. And the that generation that had experienced that is like, oh my God, this is to the detriment of society. But then society starts to just adjust mm -hmm. and evolve along with the new change. Mm -hmm. And it may not be bad. You know, mm -hmm. we, we may just catch up to the technology. So, I mean, who knows? Like, I, you know, it, it's like strange for me that I'll see my kids sitting around and everyone's on their phone socializing, but I'm using the lens of how I used to socialize. Yeah. When I socialized, all my friends, we sat around, we didn't have phones, we all talked to each other. Now, now maybe everyone's talking through their phones and they're including their camp friends that live somewhere else and, yeah. and like their social life has expanded. So I think that our, if our relationship, if our social, if the way we socialize changes, tends to feel during that transition period that something's lost, mm -hmm. but there might be gain and loss and it just might be different. Mm -hmm. And we might, we might recover from that change and we might just socialize differently. And mm -hmm. it's not like better or worse. That's so. really interesting. I've never thought about it like that. So do you think that it's bad or like, well, I think, I think in certain ways people, you might be changing, you might be exchanging quantity for quality. So it could be like teens today are in touch with way more people than I ever was, but maybe I had more lengthier conversations with each person. Mm -hmm. But um, maybe I never got to connect to the other people that I, that I didn't see in my community. Mm -hmm. And maybe I missed out on that. And you guys get that. Like, I, you know, I it's remember. Yeah, I remember I used to go to camp as a kid, and I had nothing to do with my kid, you know, until the following summer. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you got a haircut, and hey, you grew yeah. so much. And now, my kids, like, they're in touch with their camp friends all year long, and mm -hmm. they're, they're so woven into people's lives to the extent that I never was able to do. So, mm -hmm. so there's that. On the other hand, um, maybe people don't know how to have real conversations back and forth face to face and have that intimacy mm -hmm. because everything's curated it's like you get into a big fight with your friend and you like spend time like constructing the text and then you mm -hmm. ask your friend and then your friend and then three hours later that friend like responds back but she showed it to her friends and edited it and uh -huh. like so it's different and I think some skills might be lost, you know, that ability to have spontaneous dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like, I think people aren't dialoguing. They're sort of like monologuing back and forth to each other. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe there's something, there's some benefit. Like, how about two friends in the heat, in the heat of an argument are sitting, saying all kinds of things they regret 10 minutes later because they didn't get a chance to sit and compose it and mm -hmm. write it and send a message and wait. And that person can sit and digest and send the message back. Mm -hmm. So that's just an example of, is it better? Is mm -hmm. it worse? It's just different. It's different. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought about it like that. It's really interesting. So what would you think are some warning signs of an addiction? You kind of touched upon this, but like, what are like things that people can look for in themselves that they could say, okay, I'm getting addicted. Right. Particularly social media, right? Yeah. So, I, I guess some of this is review, but what, I, I guess one sign is when you feel 
like you don't have control over the amount of time you're using your device or mm-hmm. in a particular app where there are other things you want to do in your life like you want to go to bed early but you find yourself like engaged in social media in your bed two hours after you want to go to bed you know that would be an example like mm-hmm. where you feel like I intended to spend this amount of time with my you know with my device and I couldn't control stop it you know mm-hmm. can't control stopping when you, when it starts to when your multiple interests in your life start to get reduced to just social media like you mm-hmm. used to be multifaceted and interested in other things then you, you, you tend to just stay stuck with this one thing I I think that you know the third thing and maybe it's hard to find how specifically in social media but when you start to um, I guess so I, I guess I said time and control but I guess when the things that you used to enjoy, you, you just needed to keep doing more of. Mm-hmm. Um, checking, checking your phone more often. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, how much you're affected by social media. Uh, you know, I guess... Like mentally? Yeah, like... Hmm, I'm trying to think. Dependency, that's what comes to mind. Mm-hmm. When, when, like, your well-being, when, when your emotional well-being depends on it. Like, like, oh my gosh, you know, um, no one checked my story. Or can, can you tell how many people checked your story? This is yeah. embarrassing. I don't know. Yeah, right, there's right. a number. And it's like, let me check. And more people checked. And more people checked. Like, you're getting consumed. Like, you, you should be preoccupied with other things. And your attention just gets drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I have, like, kind of these questions kind of come together. But how can someone prevent themselves from getting addicted before they're addicted? versus when someone's already addicted, how do they get themselves out of that addiction? Two different okay. questions, but they kind of... Okay. So I think, first of all, this is a great example of conversations like this, because I think before people get addicted, it's just being mindful mm-hmm. of the fact that social media is out to get you addicted. Like, just to, just to have that awareness, like, I'm using something, and this thing is... Better, you know, at better at controlling my time than I am at controlling its time. Mm-hmm. Like just going in, going into that relationship with social media with that awareness, I think already makes you mindful and a little bit more thoughtful about mm-hmm. what you choose to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think self awareness is always helpful. Like, why does some of this stuff really matter to me? You know, like the more comfortable you are in your own skin, the more, uh, what is it? Liking yourself without likes? Yeah, is that that it? Yeah, right. The more you're in touch with your relationships that matter to you, what people think, you know, like whether people should, what they think of you and how much that affects you. I think just going in, um, Reducing the sensation that social media has to offer mm-hmm. will also help you feel more in control of it because I think I think in the throes of it when you like write your story and then you're like oh my god you know what do people think I think you're able to say I don't know should I care about anything I mean it's you know okay it'll be cool if some people like it but in the end of the day like my friends really like me and it really doesn't matter what story I write mm-hmm. so I think that 
personal self-awareness helps reduce the impact mm -hmm. of the addictive properties. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also just having good boundaries, like, like anything, right? Like anything in life, you want to have good balance. Mm -hmm. So you want to leave time to study for your tests. You want to leave time to do creative things that you like to do. You want to leave time for exercise. I think you want to, in general, have an idea of in your life and in your, you know, the scheme of the things that matter to you, how much time do you want to allot Mm -hmm. to engaging the social media stuff. I mm -hmm. think you're more likely to avoid an addiction when already you're committed to having a certain relationship with it and you're probably going to be more likely to put the stops and breaks mm -hmm. on on going too far with it. Mm -hmm. So I, No, that makes a lot of sense. Because I think that this is kind of my goal of the podcast because I don't want people to think like I'm anti-social media or like I'm trying to get people like in this cult movement like... I'm trying to have conversations like these and bring awareness about like wh what what its effects are. Like you do what you want with it and you find your boundaries and that's okay. That's kind of my goal because like I've been having a kind of personal dilemma because I wanted to start an Instagram to promote this podcast. <laughs> the but irony. It's, it's so <laughs> ironic and I don't want people to think I'm like hypocritical or anything, right. but I want to advertise it. I want it to get out to more people, but like. It's, it kind of comes in hand with what I was talking a lot about last episode, which is something that you just touched upon about how there are good, there are good things to it. And like, especially in like now when it's social media is so integrated into, into our society and people use it so often, like there's not really like, that's how you reach people. That's how you get to it. And that's just, it's different and it's okay. So yeah. no, yeah. that's a really great point. And it, there's actually, um, there are two perspectives in the area of addiction. A mm -hmm. lot of, you know, the AA movement mm -hmm. um, feels like once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. You could be a recovering alcoholic, but you're an alcoholic and you could never have a healthy relationship with alcohol and you have to have, you cannot have alcohol. Like that's the, that's how AA, really? like addiction, yeah, like alcoholism is a disease and you can't recover from it and you always have to have abstinence, mm -hmm. right? And... The, there's another camp that says the ultimate sense of balance and control is having a healthy relationship with something. Mm -hmm. So for the alcoholic, it would be like, um, I can have a drink in a certain context, in a certain situation, and manage, mm -hmm. you know, manage myself with that drink. And it doesn't have to be so, it doesn't have to control me so much so that I, I can either, I'm either drinking incessantly or not drinking at all. Mm -hmm. So I think... I think it's a great example that you talk about because you wanna you wanna use the positive stuff of Instagram. Mm -hmm. Like there's positivity in socializing, social media. Um, you know, people people can make money through social media. You know, like um, mm -hmm. you have access worldwide to information. Yeah. And there's positive. It's about being mindful so that you use it to help you, and it doesn't you don't become addicted to it, you know, and, and, and how do you strike that balance? Um, but there is a balance that you can have. Mm -hmm. There is. I think you have to be just in touch with the dangers mm -hmm. and the tendencies and also making sure always to get satisfaction from multiple things in life. Mm -hmm. So like the dependency thing, like you don't want to be dependent on it. Right. So for someone who's addicted, you wouldn't say like necessarily delete everything, blah, 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 like cut yourself off more like... Like, okay. Well, so this, so if you're addicted already, it's possible that it has such power over you that the 
So abstaining from it might be easier for you mm-hmm. for a phase of time. It's, it's sort of like if you try to, you know, what do people do when they feel they're using their phone or their device or they're, or they're doing social media too much? They try to scale back. But if you find that the scaling back systematically is too challenging because it's in your sight and you're still craving it and wanting it and mm-hmm. it, 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 it's, it's too much of an inner conflict and it's too much of a struggle, then yes, it's a great idea to like remove yourself, it, you know, with addiction, it's, it's the people, places, and things that trigger you. Um, sometimes you have to remove your triggers. So mm-hmm. if your phone in your pocket's a trigger, if certain apps are a trigger, yeah, delete those, take a break from your phone. Mm-hmm. They, they call it, you know, um, take a phone Sabbath, you know, mm-hmm. when you have that. Um, you might need to do that until you get rid of that, those the strong cravings. Mm-hmm. But I think after a certain amount of time, it would be ideal if you could integrate back into some level of use so that you could be part of society because Mm -hmm. that's where people go for their information that's where they go to communicate things and then you're just going to be handicapped i think in that Mm -hmm. way unfortunately Mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense um i was going to ask you about how you've seen like an addiction control like this kind of addiction of controlling someone so i've seen with people yeah, I guess it's social media. It, 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 it's all parts of their phone, like all yeah. different apps and also the gaming industry uh-huh. where people um, fail to take care of their responsibilities. You know, for teens, it might be they didn't, they didn't spend time studying, you know, or doing other things that they need to do because they just couldn't get away from their device. Mm-hmm. I see it with a lot with teens that can't go to sleep on time, like mm-hmm. the time that they want to because they're busy with their phones. Or in the middle of the night, they're getting up to check their phones and check things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen it um, mostly that, you know, mostly, you know, and also with, yeah. I, I, and I, I think people um, feel really bad. Like it feels good in the moment yeah. and then it feels kind of empty and then it feels wasteful and then it feels people feel really down and disappointed about themselves and they mm-hmm. lose confidence in their ability to like, manage something in their lives that they really want to take more and it, control over. And it's so funny because then people go right back to gaining that control by doing it again. And kind of like a lot of this was talked about in the social dilemma. Did you watch it? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, amazing. Loved yeah. it. Obsessed. Yeah. And yeah. it was like a lot about that. About yeah, like it, about how the, these corporations were literally like on purpose making it. Do you think it's like unethical of them to do it like this? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I, I guess... I guess it is because they know the science and they, they know that the people that are the developers know that people are not, at some point you're not in control of, you're not aware of what's happening to you until you're, you're, you're mm-hmm. deep into it. I mean, I, I think they're entitled to do it, you know, but I, I don't think like a warning sign sometimes is helpful. Like just like the warning signs in cigarettes, like yeah. okay, warn, but like people are, you know, don't always make good choices for themselves. So it's a good question. No, but it's kind of like manipulation. Like they know what they're doing. They're on pur- they're purpose, purposefully doing it to make it a certain way. Right. Right. I would consider that unethical. Yeah, it's unethical. I mean, I, I guess 
Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I feel that way about a lot of things. I feel yeah. that way about the cigarette industry. I feel that way about parts of the food industry. It's like mm-hmm. they know they're putting stuff in this food that also there are certain sugar addictions also. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a really good question that you raised. Do you think that a phone addiction, like, have you seen it become more common? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because I think technology is getting better and better mm-hmm. at controlling us mm-hmm. and wowing us and making it appealing to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if it's ever going to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to go as far as they can. Yeah. So do you think that addiction is going to become normal? Like in, let's say in five, ten years, like what someone's addiction now would look like would be someone's normal later? That's a really good question. That's a really good question. Yeah, I, I, I think that's possible. I, you know, again, I, you know, I'm going back to that book that I mentioned, like the pendulum usually swings back at some point. Yeah. Like society has never fallen apart just yet. Yeah. So I think it's sort of like people like through the things that you're doing, you know, th- you know, people are going to have more self-awareness and maybe mm-hmm. ultimately make better decisions. I think mm-hmm. we weren't as aware of the impact that all this new technology was having. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to get the education and maybe we'll bring it in, you know, you know, we'll be, kids are going to get educated at a young age. And it, it's also, we're like the first and second generation of this. Yeah. So hopefully we'll catch up in terms of our responses mm-hmm. to all these apps and find better balance. Mm-hmm. So maybe like... The pendulum is swinging back yeah, now. Swing back, yeah, swinging back, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I wonder like what the middle ground would look like. Because if it's... In the future, it's obviously going to be advancing more mm-hmm. and like become more part of our lives. But if the pendulum, I don't know, I'm trying to imagine how the pendulum would be like, what it would look like. Obviously, you can't imagine right, that. Right, right. No, it's a really good question. It's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess to summarize the, the basic idea that we've been talking about is to have a healthy, balanced relationship, mm-hmm. right? Like, it doesn't have to be the enemy, but there are dangerous, potentially dangerous parts parts to it Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of you know it's appealing and sensational and the developers know how to you know how to sensationalize us Mm -hmm. so you know again we we could be somewhat tentative and fearful of it Mm -hmm. but we can also I think with some confidence like tap into the ways that there are resources for us that help us stay more connected, that mm-hmm. help us stay more engaged, mm-hmm. that um, make improve our lives, have, make our lives more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not all bad. It's definitely not all good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I encourage all your listeners to try to have the, you know, to have their best relationship with it. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much. This is amazing. You're and welcome, I'm Molly. really excited for people to hear this because I think it's really important. So, yeah. thank uh-huh. you. I appreciate it. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.